Seattle Wave Radio, your Seattle, your scene. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com. And be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. London Bridge Studios here in Seattle, and also London Tone Music, which is their record label, embarked on a Herculean project, and it's called the 5252 Project, 52 artists, 52 singles, and 52 weeks. And we're going to be interviewing each one of those artists as the 52 are chosen. And I want to back up a couple of years now with that in mind. I had been listening to and hearing about this fantastic female singer, all around Seattle. The other musicians were talking about her. I had heard her. I was trying to find her to get her on the show to interview her because I was such a fan. And you'll be able to hear her music in a little bit. Her name is Falana. And so all my doors kind of kept closing. It's like someone was going to get me a number, but they never followed through. Somebody was going to, you know, tell someone and so on and so forth, and it just never happened. So last week I get a phone call from Jeff. He calls me and says, I have the first artist in the 5252 Project. I want to tell you about her and so, so you can kind of get to know her and, and uh, have a little background on her before you uh, do the interview. I'm like, great, what's her name? So it's Falana. I said, you don't have to tell me nothing else. That is so weird how the universe works because I'd worked so hard for two years trying to find Falana, and then here she comes on a silver platter from Jeff at London Bridge Studios a lot. I said, you don't have to tell me anything. I already know. Fantastic home run out of the park. I said, if these are the caliber of people you're going to be bringing on, this is this project is just going to be mind-blowing and just revolutionary in music. So you brought me Solana. I have Solana, and I'm going to share Solana with all of you. So thank you, Solana, for coming on. My pleasure. <laughs> it, it's absolutely amazing. I had um, interviewed... Lucas Nelson and Aaron Jones when they were having the um, concert right. at the Tractor. And I was listening to some music that you had done with Aaron. And so yeah. I had wanted to get to that, that uh, concert, but one thing led to another, and, and, and I didn't make it. But I'd had those two on the show, but so that kind of embarked me on finding you. So it's, it's just funny how, how the world kind of works and the universe works, and, yeah. and here we are. I know. Well, I, that's... Um very flattering that you've been hearing about me and and um, that I was on your radar. I'm very flattered. I'm glad to actually be finally speaking to you. Well, I'll tell you, um, a, a musician gave me some really great advice years ago, and I've always kept it. It's never failed me. But he said, when you're looking for for new artists or someone to listen to, go look and see who other musicians are listening to. Who are they excited about? Right. Who do they want to work with? On their nights off when, when they've played music all week long, who are they making the effort to go out to see? And you were one of those people, and that's why I knew. I'm, it always it, that has never <laughs> failed me. Um, and so you are people, or you, you are someone that people want to work with, and 
and, and, and you're somebody that people go out to see who are in the industry. And this single that you have out now that's coming out with um, London Bridge Studios and London Tone Music, Letting Go, is it's so rich and so meaty and thick and full of soul. And it really embodies, I, I, I believe, who, who you are as an as a artist. Yeah, you know, um, I, you know, I, if you wanted to write a dance song or a poppy, poppy dancey kind of song, and um, I think the the challenge in that lies in the lyrics. Like, I wanted to have some some depth to the lyrics, you know, and it's it's kind of tough to write uh, deep lyrics with fast music. You've got um, half the amount of time to fit in anything. Um, really interesting uh, carrying any weight so it was kind of a fun challenge and um, it's interesting to hear it because it's you know a collaboration between me and Charles Hopper and um, who I met briefly uh, when I recorded my album with London Bridge Studios and uh, he programmed a little bit of I think drums on the song Borders and we had such great writing chemistry and we decided to collaborate, and um, it's been a very interesting experiment, you know. Any any collaboration is, because you really don't know what your love child is going to come, come out looking like. And uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a cool song. I like it. Well, what led you to submit to the 5252 project at London Bridge? I, I know you've had a long-standing relationship with the guys over there who just do a phenomenal job, and you know, they work with the best, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Allison Chains, every, you know, just about everyone in Seattle as well. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, but then you took it a step further and went into the 5252 project. Well, Jeff, is, Jeff and Jonathan uh, both are just awesome people. Like I love hanging out with them. It's not just working with them. I just love hanging out with them. And um, I actually approached, about a year ago, I approached Jeff um, just because I wanted to start broadening my style and, and get into synth pop and get into electronica a little bit. And um, so I, I asked him to put his feelers out and um, was curious if he had heard of anybody that was looking to expand um, stylistically with somebody or needed a vocalist and you know just to kind of get that conversation rolling and and it, he um he's like well what about Charles you know you've already worked with him and I was like oh yeah yeah and so um he actually approached us shortly after with the idea and I was just on board right away just because of anything I can pretty much do with them I'm, I'm going to be um I'm going to take advantage of just because mm-hmm. they're 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 always pushing themselves. So you know when you recognize when you see somebody like that who's who's got that type of ambition, you just you jump on board. You just want to be on their their side. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Right. Well, they know talent. So, they do. Yeah. They've got a lot of amazing people coming through those studios daily. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I, I want to take you back to wh- when did you actually start singing? You, you grew up out on the islands, out on Orcas Island, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I started singing. Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, well, I was going to say for anyone who might not know that the San Juan Islands and all those little islands are really magical little 
places. I could only dream of actually growing up there. <laughs> I love to yeah. go there, but oh, it, would, it would have been magical, I think, if I was a child growing up there. Um, yes, it's very magical and boring. You <laughs> know, it was. It was magical. I mean, like, this sounds so silly, but, you know, we were, I really did believe in fairies. I believed in fairies longer than I believed in, in Santa Claus. I don't know if I should actually be admitting that. Um, but, you know, it's like this lush, beautiful place, and um, and it kind of goes goes to sleep in the winter and gets really quiet, and in the summer it's booming full of tourists, um, usually on foot through town, and um, so there's some excitement then, but it's it's a really safe way for kids to grow up, and we generally got the um, the chance to just run around like crazy, you know, we were kicked out of the house in the morning and then let in for dinner, <laughs> so we spent a lot of time, so, like the horse and the beach and all that good stuff. Um, so there's a lot of time to uh, for your imagination because you were bored, and uh, um, and I, I spent a lot of time um, writing my own songs when I was like I think I started singing when I was eight, eight or nine. Oh, I, I remember very clearly going over to my cousin's house. She lives in Anacortes, and she is just two years older than me. And um, you know, she was like my close cousin. You know, that that cousin that's like your best friend. And mm-hmm. um, I felt that I knew her so well. So it shocked me when, um, during one of my visits, she just started singing. She started belting out this, it was Whitney Houston, I believe, uh, was I believe the children of the future. Yeah, that song. And she could belt. I mean, her voice was extraordinary. It was huge. and It was perfectly pitched. And um, I remember thinking, I'd never, I would never look at her the same way. And being that I was a middle child and I was always looking for attention, I decided right then and there I was going to learn how to sing the Whitney Houston song, I Believe the Children of the Future. <laughs> I was going to learn how to do it just as well. <laughs> That's a so, huge um, song. I know. I know. And actually, if any of my old classmates ever hear this interview, they are probably going to look me up and tease me up relentlessly. I was teased, like, all the way through from third or fourth grade, when I, whatever that age is, and to probably through high school, because, you know, we graduated with the same kids we went to kindergarten with, um, <laughs> about that song. So, because I just would sing it at all the talent shows, and I'd sing it at camp, and um, show and tell once, you know, so I was teaching everybody else the song. Um, but yeah, so that's that got me singing. I think it was it really was uh, originally that passion was generated simply by the shallow concern of attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was. I mean, if you have to take on somebody, I mean, you might as well just go for Whitney. And then if you, if you, if you could do it, the sky's the limit. Right. And obviously, you could do it. And and you know the sky is really the the limit for you. So you left the island and you went in search of your. Is it, what was it? Music that led you off the island? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there weren't too many opportunities on that that little island. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, went to Santa Cruz. I had a lot of anxiety about leaving the island because I not re- I hadn't really left too many times, and I just really know what to do. And I wasn't going to college. Um, at least initially, so I just kind of um, 
went cold turkey and uh, flew to California and rode the train through up to Santa Cruz, ended up staying there for a while and um, checked out, tried to check out some bands. I mean, I was, so, I was young, so I couldn't go to any clubs or anything. Um, I ended up in Seattle and um, my first band was a cover band, I think when I was 19 or 20, one of those, and um, I thought it was amazing. I thought I was hot shit. I don't know if I can put it on there. <laughs> but um, in hindsight, it's very cringeworthy. Um, but yeah, I was I was I was proud of it. I remember inviting my mom to visit me and um, telling her we were going to go out to dinner and and taking her to this club that we were we had a show at and thinking I was going to blow her mind when I got up on stage and sang and a reason break was doing. And you know, I mean, we probably did get a lot of mom. confidence for a nineteen-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, looking back, I think maybe maybe I did. <laughs> well, I'm sure that your mom is really proud of you because that's, I mean, that's how moms are. <laughs> I know. Like a thank God. Like a filter. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you've gone around the world and, you know, you've been to New York, I know you're leaving the country here shortly, did you see the island in in a different light now when when you go back, or can, oh, yeah. can, can you take the island out of the girl? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think you could take the island out of any of those guys that you know grew up on guys and girls that grew up on Orcas Island. It um, I've at times really resented the fact that I grew up in such a, a sheltered place because it's it makes it um, that much harder to, to stay away or, or, you know, make real reality outside of it, tougher to swallow at first. But um, but I'm so grateful now, you know, because it gets into your blood. I mean, even in the whole Northwest, there's just, you know, the seawater. I mean, you go anywhere on Orcas, you can still smell the water, and um, the air is so fresh, and um, there is this sense of, a safety net wherever I go, and I'm, I travel all the time, and um, it, it feels good knowing that there is this place, this physical place, that um, I know I can go to, and I'll be um, held, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking back, I'm realizing it, it. I think it can aid you in great confidence having a place like that. Yeah, I, yeah, it was that confidence that let that little girl get on that train and go to Santa Cruz and leave the island and, you know, <laughs> go on down to California and take the train, come back and start a band at 19 in Seattle and invite her mom out. You know, it's a, it, it takes a very courageous and confident person to be able to do that. And, you know, maybe a, a little naivete too, and, and that's, that's good <laughs> because you don't want to scare yourself out of not being able to live your dream. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, it it always feels good to hear that said back to you, so thank you. <laughs> well, the song that we're going to play is is the song that's, that's being released. It's called Letting Go, and you talked about that just a, a, a little bit ago. Um, I'm going to let you say a little bit more about it. Did did you write this, or who, who actually wrote this? I wrote the melody and the lyrics, and... Um, 
I would say uh, we both collaborated on the structure. I kind of wrote the verse chorus, typical verse chorus bridge, gave it to Charles, and then kind of let him have at it. So he added the sounds and the textures, and um, kind of we kind of just split it in half that way. So it was a bit of a surprise to get it back, like, oh, what you've been working on? And, and <laughs> so this is, you know, so um, that's, uh, yeah. I don't think I have much okay. to... All right. Well, everyone can find out more information at londontonemusic.com. You just click on the 5252 project. They also have a list of all the artists. And you're going to be hearing a lot about Falana, just as I have heard for years a lot about Falana. And I'm so I, – I could not be any more blown away that – that this happened last week where he's like, Aww. I have this great, great, great person, and I'm going to tell you about it. Well, what's her name? Solana. I'm like, I don't even need to hear anything else. That's all I need to know is that Solana, and you're going to give me her number so I can actually call her and talk to her on the phone. Oh, my gosh, it doesn't get any better than that. So just Aww. best of best of luck to you, and I, I hope to get out to see one of your shows very, very soon. Uh, I'll, I'll be keeping up with you, but uh, in the meantime, best of luck on Letting Go because it's, it's a fantastic song. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> All right, this is Letting Go by Solana. I'll be right back.
about the 5252 project at London Bridge Studios and London Tone Music, you can find out more at londontonemusic.com. 52 artists, 52 singles in 52 weeks. Like I said, it's a, it's a Herculean project that they've taken on. And these guys really know music. I mean, they're on the Grammy board. They produced albums for Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, uh, Alice in Chains, on and on. So when they have all of these people submitting music to them, they are listening for what they think is going to be the next big sound, what's going to be a hit. Um, they've been around the best, best music, and they're looking for the best music. And one of those people that was chosen is a fantastic singer-songwriter who's living in Seattle now, Isaiah Dominguez. So thank you, Isaiah, for joining us today. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So you started out, I think you're from Olympia, and then you went to Bellingham, and then now you're in Seattle, and you're a singer-songwriter. You've been in a band before. What led you to the 5252 Project? Yeah. Um, actually, the band that I was in uh, before uh, recorded at London Bridge Studio. We funded our own album there and uh, got to know uh, Jeff Ott pretty well there. And um, yeah, we kind of had a nomadic start, I guess. We were we moved around a bunch, and um, when I finally ended up moving to Seattle after the band had broken up, uh, I just was looking for. Uh, a job in, in music, basically, and I reached out to Jeff and said, hey, you know, I've got these songs that I want to come in and record at some point in time, so, and he, it all kind of happened from there. Mm-hmm. Well, they really know what they're doing over there. It's a fantastic place to record. If if I was a musician, I would definitely be recording there. It's just there's such a great vibe and a great energy that that goes on there. I hang out there a lot. I mean, I don't do music, but you know, they leave the door open and I wander in all the time. But uh, <laughs> but you also write. Did you write this song that we're going to be playing today? Yeah, yeah, totally from start to finish. In my bedroom. Wow. Do you write most, all of your own music? Yeah, I write all of my own music. I feel like you have more of a personal connection with what you're doing, what you're singing, what you're playing, if, if it comes from yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you also, on, on your website, you, you blog, you, you're a very insightful young person. You know, you're really thinking all the time about what's going on around you and the world around you and people and cause and effect yeah. and, and that type of thing. And, and I, I read one of your blogs and, and, and you were kind of writing to yourself and, and, and telling yourself that, that you were hoping that you never lost your sense of wonder in the world and, and you hope that that never disappeared and, and that you hope that you will always stop to remember and appreciate all these little things going around you. And I, I thought for someone coming from someone so young that was, you know, that it was kind of wise beyond your years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's the curse of uh, always having a mind that's that's running. And uh, sometimes I step back and I look at the, 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 the my thoughts that I write down um, and I'm like, who, what, where did that even come from? And it's, you know, I try to write when I'm caught in a moment um, and just describe it the best I can. 
Well, you're very intuitive. Um, you know, you you're, you write things that that people think but don't necessarily say. Uh, another one of your blogs was uh, that I I could really identify with. He said that you hope to someday really take a real vacation, and it was oh, striking yeah. to me because <laughs> you know I also would really like to go on a on a on a real vacation. I, I didn't come from a family where we just went on vacations. I mean, that just wasn't in our real well. You know, my dad was in the military, and you know, and, and he was always kind of selling us that that was our vacation, you know, moving from base to base. <laughs> so we're on yeah, vacation no, going to our next, that. you know, post. So, um, but, and, and people can go onto your blog, they can go onto your website and find your blog, and, and, and they're really, I mean, very well written and very thought out, and, and like I said, oh. they're, they're very thought-provoking. Awesome. Well, thank you. That's the that's kind of the point behind the whole thing is if somebody ever stumbles upon it or chooses to read it, I I don't want it to be words that they can just passively go in one ear and out the other. I want you know I I there's so much more to music than what it's been chalked up to today. I feel like, and I just want to write things that matter. Write things that people think and feel real tangible experiences and uh, the whole vacation thing actually came from me going on vacation and um, even though I went on vacation I still had to be within contact of my day job which is you know not something that I feel like I'm called to do so I felt like I had this chain uh hooked up to me the entire time I was gone and it felt like I never truly could escape from it all and I was, you know, you get caught in these moments of frustration and I just wanted to put it out there just because, you know, people need to know that they're not the only ones who feel like they're always running, they're always working, they're always, you know, moving around, they can never shut off. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you know, when I've been on vacation, I always come back and, you know, I always say that the typical line, I, I need a vacation from my vacation. And be, be, because you, you do feel like that, you know, your phone's going off. I mean, back in the day, I mean, this was probably before you were born, but, you know, we used to have pagers and they were going off all the time and you know, your pagers are going yeah. off, your phone's going off, you know, a million things are going off. And, and, and mm. just like you said, you know, it's, you know, you, you don't really ever escape. But, but just to be able to my mind wants to cut off, you know, but then there's that yeah. part of me that's addicted that's like, well, what if something happens or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as, you know, funny. as a uh, as a society, we, we, we survived it before and, and grew without, without it, so I, I would imagine we could survive it being cut off for a few days. Yeah, I think that's part of the, the, the curse of the, the technological age is we're always accessible there's no you know and it it's even developed to the point where they're starting to diagnose people with uh, 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 disorders where they're afraid to be away from their phone for too long because they think they might be missing out on something and I really it you know it, it, it makes me sad that we can't get away from it you know we we're, we're so we just have to be a part of everything now we just can't be our own person anymore yeah, it's it's interesting hearing it coming from you because your generation it, it really grew, grew up with that. You really don't know 
yeah. much different as someone who's older like me. You know, I, I have this reference point I, I can go to where I'm like, oh, I remember, you know, having an answering machine. I remember when call waiting came. My neighbor got call waiting, and he was telling me about it. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that's the most crazy thing I've ever heard of. You know, you could actually. So that must have been how my parents felt like when the microwave was invented or something like that. But but, but, but for you, I mean, it's you've kind of not known life without it. Yeah. So, so to have that insight of wanting to cut loose from a person who's 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 really grown up with it, I, I thought was very um, was was uh, very very insightful and very very wise beyond your years. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, somewhat of an old soul, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. I, I want to tell everyone, too, Isaiah, he has fantastic energy. When Just through your emails alone, when I was communicating back and forth with Isaiah, I could just tell that he was just the most kindest, nicest person. And I say, you know, first impressions. First impressions don't have to be face-to-face. They don't even have to be where you hear their, their voice. But, you know, we, we get impressions from people now on social media or through email or on Twitter or text or whatever. And your energy gave me such a fantastic impression about you. I just liked you immediately. And I think that's what, what drew me to your blog. And then, you know, you just had these great words in there. And I thought, that's exactly who he is. I wouldn't expect any less from him to be writing this. I mean, it all matched up. I mean, you know, just that energy that was coming through and who I thought you were and then reading your blogs, it, it, you know, just really told me a lot about you. And, and I think that will tell people a lot about you through your music as well. Awesome. Yeah, I think that email and, and texting and it's all just words on the page and it's it's it can be so cold and so I try to actively put my personality in it, I guess as you say. Um just because I, I if somebody was to meet me in real life I'd want them to have the same experience as when they meet me over an email because a lot of times when you're playing shows and you're on the road, you only you don't know you know what these people look like based off of a picture on their pr- Facebook profile and you know what they sound like on, on an email and you want to kind of, I don't know, you want to be inviting and welcoming and you don't want to seem like a too big for your own good, I suppose. I kind of always try to keep myself personable and approachable. Well, I think that really works for you because if if you stay true to who you are, um, people pick up and they respond to that, and I think that will serve you serve you well. And not a lot of people can really tap into that depth that that, that you've been able to to tap into and then transfer over into your writing. And so that's 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 very special. Well, thank you. You're very friendly and kind too, if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be, you know, because it, it takes so much energy to, to, to be the other way. Um you oh, know, yeah, it's just, I, I have have just have gotten to where I just like to be around nice people all the time and they're out there, you know. I I'd kinda yeah. gone through a period where I thought, geez, what happened to all the nice people? I think I just wasn't hanging around nice people. And then when I kinda changed that way of thinking, it just opened this whole world up of just 
all, all of a sudden I looked like the least nice person because I'm like, really? Everybody's like this nice? Where did all these nice people come from? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good problem to have. I'm the least nice of all the nice people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, well, t- tell us about this song that we're going to be playing today and kind of give us the insight. We know that you wrote it. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, the song is called Vultures, and really, um, it was, I don't really know what a song is about as I'm writing it. <laughs> it sounds, um, I guess, weird to, to think about it that way, but I'm so close to what's going on, and I'm thinking about, you know, chord changes and words and rhymes and and, and structure, and I that I don't have time to, like, think about, well, what's what would this actually mean if I applied it to my life? So, but when I step back and I listen to it, um, I, I usually end up with, oh, I, I didn't even know I was thinking about that at the time. And it came from uh, my band breaking up and me moving away from the town that we all lived in and really trying to find out my sense of belonging, my purpose, and uh how I would define myself um, was after I had lost what it was that I used to define myself, which was my band and my music. And the word vultures, or the, the title, really was just, I was obsessed with this word, vultures, and I tried to fit it in like five different songs, and it never, it didn't work until this final one. And and then uh, it, it just was a snowball effect that just kind of, Everything came out at once, and and uh, I played it over and over and over, and I felt really good about it. And I I, I feel like it really uh, portrays what I was feeling at the time, you know, a, a, a sense of uh, finding myself. I think it was. Well, it's really a a a well crafted song, and it's I, I added it to my playlist, so I'm gonna. <laughs> be listening to it on on my own anyway because I, I just really really liked it so Isaiah Dominguez you have got to remember that name you're going to be hearing things from this guy he's going to be around a long long time and I, I think you're going to have um, a long career in the music industry Isaiah and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and talk with us and, and let us get to know you oh, thank you
almost every single verse to hear you say I'm a good guy. This is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for the classic rock band Iron Butterfly, and you are listening to Seattle Wave Radio. <laughs> 